0: well friends that's my funeral hymn so that's a terrific hymn I think we should in fact now that I've been told that there's 22 verses I think I'll have the 22 verses at my funeral <laughs> that's good enough long funeral our Heavenly Father thank you for the life that we have in Christ Jesus the Lord Uh, We pray now that as we turn uh, to that word that you've preserved for us down through the centuries, uh, we ask you, O God, that the same Holy Spirit moved the writers might also be our teacher and guide. And we pray this for Christ's sake. Amen. First of all, I'm going to read the Bible and it's Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 12, and it's on page 1131 in the Bibles, and in the big print, 1749. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, Discovered in this matter that's about justification. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What the scriptures say Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, Wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Now we go from Abraham to David. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one who, to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We've been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Well, under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, Abraham is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised in order that the righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised but who follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Yeah, I got that? Well, whenever I read Romans, I get a headache. (laughs) Trying to work it all out. Anyway, let's see what we can say. Now, Romans was a letter which was written from Paul to the church at Rome to try and persuade them to be the launching pad for his next mission into Spain. The way he does it is he's setting out in logical order his gospel that he preaches. Where are we up to? One, the pagan has sinned, the moralist has sinned, the Jew has sinned. So he says... All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then he says, how are we saved? By faith. How are we declared righteous? By faith. Okay? What have we got there? Faith in Christ. He is our atoning sacrifice. He is our redemption. And he is our justification. Justification. So, now we come to Romans chapter 4. Now, how are we going to have this righteousness? Now, if you could go on, uh, James, onto the, onto the slide. Okay, so we're, that's where we are. And then he's made these two statements, which will come up on the screen now. All of sin, all the key. Right. Now, if we're going to talk about someone who is righteous, and if we're going to try and someone who could earn his righteousness by works of the law who would you choose well the person from the old testament is abraham so let's choose abraham in fact he is called a friend of god would you believe that is the highest title that anyone in the old testament has been given now let's focus on abraham and his righteousness now, here's my first question. By what means was Abraham justified, declared righteous? Well, in verses 1 to 6, we, uh, we have, by, oh, well, in yeah, verses 1 to 6, what then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter's righteousness? Now, let's suppose works. If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he could boast about it, but not before God. Why? Because if you want to know what God thinks, you've got to go to the Scripture. What does Scripture say? Verse 3. Now, here's the key verse. He's going to quote from Genesis 15, one to 6 in the Old Testament. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, what's the context of that? Abraham is an old man. He's 75 plus. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking pretty old, aren't I? Okay, now, he's got no son at this point of time. God is saying to him, in this Genesis 15,1 uh, to 6, he's saying, "What you've got is, he said, "What you're going to have is if you go outside out your tent, go outside your tent, Abraham. Look at the sky. full of stars. Count the stars. Count them. You can't count them, can you? They're innumerable. What you are going to do, Abraham, is you're going to have as many descendants as that. Abraham said, "I haven't got a son." He said, you'll have a son, (laughs) 75, wife's 65 plus and you can add another 10 years probably. So he's probably actually 85 at this stage and his wife's probably 75 at this stage. Hmm. What does Abraham do? He believes it. Is he crazy? No, he has faith in God. God can do it. Therefore, it is counted as righteousness for him. So, Abraham believed God and it was counted as righteousness. Now, did it come to pass? Well, if you go on and read about Egypt, you find that 450 years later, a whole nation has physically descended from Abraham. So, in that sense, it's been fulfilled. But also, the angle we're going to talk about here is, spiritually, Abraham will have descendants like the stars of the heaven. Are there people in the world today who believe in Christ Jesus by faith they are saved? Well, there's been billions through the, through the uh, centuries. So, in that sense, he had every reason to believe. Even if you're, let's say, 85, and your wife is 75, and God says you'll have children, you can believe it. Abraham did, and it was counted as righteousness for him. Now, when I look upon this very intelligent congregation, who've <laughs> mostly gone to sleep, I can see. When I when I look at I'm I'm sure you're saying, "Ah, aha, wait a minute. What does James say? What does James say back there? Well, I'll tell you what he says. He says we're justified by works. So you say, wait a minute. How does that all gel together? Well, let me read James chapter 2, verse 21 to 24 for you. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. You say, okay, he's getting pretty close to works here. No, 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 he is not. But what he does now is he immediately says, I'll take you back to Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. Scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Now, he's not saying he's justified by works in the same sense that Paul is saying he's justified by faith. He's saying, yes, he is justified by faith, but that faith actually has to issue in works, in fruit, And what he'd done was, he had trusted God. Now, if you think back over that time of Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, at the age of 75, he was told to leave Haran. What did he do? He trusted God and left Haran. At the age, probably about 85, he told he would have a son. What did he do? He trusted God and he had a son. And then what uh, James is saying is, and you know what that son, he had to do with that son, don't you? Now, there's a whole lot of problems about this. Forget about the problems. Just look at the faith. At the age of about 12 or 14, he was told that he was to sacrifice his son, his only son. So at the age of 100 plus, here he is, 114 or something like that, Here he is to sacrifice the only son. Why would that, what would that mean? Well, he would believe that God could actually raise him from the dead if he wanted to, and that's what he'd do. In other words, from beginning to end, what we have is this constant trust by Abraham in this word from God. Now... The next uh, slide, we'll just uh, I'm going to just emphasise this a bit. I'll try and put it like this. Try and follow me. As I say, this is where you get headaches. Because of grace, Abraham obeyed. He did not get grace because he obeyed. Got that? I'll say it again because of grace he obeyed he did not get grace because he obeyed uh, I'll, I'll, this might not help but I'll try and clarify have you ever had a friendship with a person that you were never quite sure whether they're going to keep on being your friends unless you always did what pleased them Have you ever been in that situation? It's a terrible situation to be in, isn't it? Because all the time you're trying to make sure that you keep their friendship, keep their friendship. God is not like that. God chooses to love you and he is going to love you. So you can be confident in that relationship. Okay? That's the way God operates. He doesn't say... Oh, you've done the wrong thing, you're out of my favour. Oh, you've done the right thing, you're in my favour. Oh, you've done the wrong thing, out of my favour. It's not like that. He loves us. Uh, I had two uh, friends. Uh, They were both engineers. Very clever. They used to come and visit us. When they come and visit us, they rehang the door, fix up the dishwasher, fix up the dishwasher. They were brilliant at it. And I said you guys you know he was so it's amazing and he said yeah I said well why did that happen they said well uh, our our uh, father used to always uh, in order to please him we used to try and get top marks in our exams all the time and I said well that did you good didn't it? he said no it didn't he says because we could never please him if we got 95 he'd say where's the other five we got 98. He'd say, Where's the other two? And he said, And I said, Well, it did you good. He said, No, it didn't. He said, We're screwed up inside. We could never please him. God is not like that. He gives us his righteousness. We are his, and therefore we obey because we are his. Therefore, we trust and obey because we are his. Now, if, you, if you're struggling with that and you can't quite see it, what Paul then does, he says, "Okay, I've given you Abraham. He's the top of the tree. <laughs> he's the friend of God. I'll quote now from David. He's the bottom of the tree. <laughs> Blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven, and he's forgiven. Okay, what do we know about David? He was an adulterer. What do we know about David? He was a murderer. And what could he say? I'm forgiven." Because he was a fine fellow? No, because God mercifully forgave him through Christ. By what means was Abraham justified? By faith, not works. Now, the next bit, verses 9 to 12, basically says Abraham is the father of all believers. In verses 9 and 10... Let's consider the Gentiles. Gentiles, they weren't circumcised. When did Abraham believe? Verses 9 and 10. Before he was circumcised, so he's their father. Well, what about the Jews? They are circumcised. Well, when was Abraham circumcised? When was Abraham circumcised? When he was believing. So, he was a believing circumcised person. Jews? who are circumcised and believing he's their father as well so whether you're a Gentile whether you're a Jew there's only one way of salvation that's faith that's believing in Christ Jesus Well the obvious question to ask is if that's what all the Old Testament is talking about are we personally justified by faith? What are we counting on for winning God's favour? Are we accepting it by faith or are we trying to please him in order to win his favour? If you're going to come with some sort of boasting, let's say it's all it's all excluded. Uh, let's go to this same New Testament writer, in Philippians chapter three, verses four to seven. This is what the same writer of Romans is saying. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in their uh, earthly achievements. I've got more than you lot. That's what basically he's saying. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am of the people of Israel. I am of the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. Now, that's the religious side. Here's the moral side. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. However, says Paul, whatever were gains to me and whatever I could boast before God, I now consider loss. And then he goes on a couple of verses and he says worse than that. He said, "I, I consider them rubbish or even worse still, I'll leave it at rubbish. When we are justified by faith, Abraham is justified by faith. David is justified by faith. How are people justified? By faith in the Old Testament. How are people justified in the New Testament? By faith. My question to you is, is all your dependence on Christ for your being declared right before God? Or are you still struggling around with religious things and trying to do good in order to, do, to win your favour with God? The answer is, it is by faith. It is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful comfort and I hope that you can believe it. I'll finish off with this little story and then a prayer. I never know whether these stories are true or how much of them are true, but anyway, this one apparently is a true story. There was a Frenchman called Blondin Great tightrope walker, Blondin. And uh, what he used to do was he used to stretch a tightrope across Niagara Falls and walk across it on the tightrope. Anybody here been to Niagara Falls, by the way? Yeah. Oh, well, how do you feel about walking across tightropes? <laughs> what he also used to do was he used to wheel a wheelbarrow across it on the tightrope and invite people to come and get into the wheelbarrow. Do you believe he could do it? Sure. Okay, get in. Ah, different thing. Do you believe Christ can forgive all your sins on the day of judgment? Get in. Do you believe that Jesus Christ will bring you to eternity in glory with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever with the Lord? Get in. Believe. That's the message of the New Testament, really. Here's the prayer that I'm going to pray at the end of the sermon, and I invite you, I will invite you to pray it with me. But let me go through it first of all. Almighty God, thank you for declaring Abraham righteous because he believed your words. Thank you for giving him the promise of a land so that he left Haran to find it. Thank you for promising him many descendants so that he believed the impossible for a son. Thank you that he was ready to sacrifice his only son because he believed he could raise the dead. We pray that we too would see the folly, the foolishness, of trying to win your righteousness by our good or religious deeds. We pray that you would help us to throw ourselves entirely upon your promise of righteousness in the crucified Lord of glory. I'm going to say that prayer and I invite you to say it with me. Almighty God, thank you for declaring Abraham righteous because he believed your words. Thank you for giving him the promise of a lamb so that he left Haran to find it. Thank you for promising many descendants so that he believed the impossible for a son. Thank you that he was ready to sacrifice his only son because he believed you could raise the dead. We pray that we too would see the folly of trying to win your righteousness by our good or religious deeds. We pray that you would help us to throw ourselves entirely upon your promise of righteousness in the crucified Lord of glory. Amen.